tonight, uh, I get a chance to share with you guys, and this is really the first time that I've gotten to do something like this, so I'm excited. I'm not even nervous. I'm just excited. Um, it's, my name is Caleb Crocker. I'm part of our uh, Next Steps team here at Res. I uh, have been for about a year or so, um, but I've been around for, for a while. Um, I have my beautiful wife, Anna, here with me tonight. Um, and our kids are probably, our beautiful four kids are probably back in Res Kids and Nursery, so shout out to those teams because they're fantastic teaching our babies. And I can call them beautiful too um, because they're young enough that my two boys aren't going to be like, Dad, we're guys, come on, we're not beautiful. <laughs> but we love them, and, and um, you know, like I said, we, we, my wife and I both, uh, you know, grew up here, and, and we love it here. Uh, we love to be rooted and grounded here. But tonight, um, we are going to be talking about kindness, but more specifically, God's loving kindness. Um, so to those of you online uh, and here, I just want to thank you. I know that the Lord has something for each and every one of us tonight, so I thank you for, for being here, but um, going through this, the Lord's loving kindness, the Lord uh, dropped this into my heart, but uh, specifically the word hesed. It's a Hebrew word, and it really, it, it means kindness, and I, I love that the Lord is leading me through this um, through in, in preparation for tonight. Um, with this process, because I love knowledge, I love studying things, I love finding something and, and chasing it, and, and you can do that a lot with, with um, you know, the Hebrew language and really, really studying what the Bible really says in the language it was written. So I love that sort of thing, um, but tonight I don't really want to be speaking with eloquent words or, or really doing any sort of convincing of you, really what I, my heart for tonight and what I feel the Lord's heart for all of us here tonight is to plant a seed and to have that grow and produce in us something special. But not just to produce something in us special, but to replicate that in our lives and in the lives of our circle, of our influence and those around us. So let's pray for a minute and kick this off. Father, we love you. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for your loving kindness, your hesed. We thank you that it's not based on our right or wrong behavior, Lord, but that it's based on you and your nature and who you are. Jesus, thank you for modeling this nature, this loving kindness, and showing us the way and showing us that it's possible to follow that way. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading and guiding us into all truth and opening our eyes and ears to see what the Lord has for us tonight. Let's encourage us and strengthen us as we do. In Jesus' name. So, uh, the message tonight, I, I've titled it Hesed, the Lord's loving kindness. Um, has said, again, it's a Hebrew word for kindness, but it's seen in the Old Testament about 250 times. So it's pretty important. It's, it's seen often. Um, arguably, I guess in my opinion, I take it for what you will, but I think it's one, really, in studying it, it's one of the most important words 
in the Hebrew Bible um, because it has this massive weight to it. You know, we, we look at this word hesed, and it's, it talks of God's kindness, but it's so much more than just kindness. Um, hesed is loyalty, faithfulness, God's love for us. It's certainly kindness, but it's a sweetness, it's his mercy and his goodness. And, and it means so many things. We actually get these, like, compound words out of it, too. You know, when, when we see things like the steadfast love of the Lord, his loving kindness, that's hesed. So hesed isn't necessarily a word so much as it is a being of who God is. Um, and I love it because no single word actually can describe hesed. I just used about 50 or so. I, I wasn't counting, but um, I find that exciting. I, I find that um, an invitation to study that more. To, to, it's a calling. It's an invitation for us to really look into something like that deeper. Um, one of the most often times that this hesed is used in Scripture specifically in the Old Testament, is uh, to describe God's heart toward those who are his. So it's this heart posture, this nature that God has toward you, toward me, toward those who are his own. And in the New Testament, I've, I actually find this interesting. Um, so the New Testament is, is written to a broader audience than the Old Testament was. It's a Jewish book. Um, but the New Testament actually is written primarily in Greek. And so we don't see this word, physical word, has said necessarily. We see it when we have some understanding. I love this because in John 1.14, it says the word, which is Jesus, John 1.14, just prior to that, we see John speaking of Jesus um, being the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus, the Word. And then he says, the Word became flesh. He made his dwelling among us. So here we see the Word has said, and the New Testament kind of disappears. But does it? Because we now we see the Word. The Word of God has become flesh and made His dwelling among us. That's Jesus. So we can see this said nature of God embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. Literally the Word becoming flesh and walking among us. So said is who God is. That's His nature. And because of that, we, we can trust it. We can trust God's has said. He says so. Um, we can trust that he'll remain lovingly kind because we know that his nature doesn't change. I mean, we look at Israel, and as they were following God, uh, <laughs> I use that term following loosely because sometimes they really weren't, right? They were chasing all of these idols and these other things, and they would constantly turn their back on God constantly go the other way, constantly do all these things that were against the loving nature of God. But in Malachi, 
3, 6, it says, and this is God speaking, I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. So God's, we can see, there is, there is something that would have consumed and destroyed them had God not been hesed. Had God not been lovingly kind, loyal, faithful, merciful, hesed. If that wasn't him, we'd be destroyed. But praise God, praise him for his hesed. That, that doesn't have to happen for us. But looking specifically at this, this word in, in Scripture in the Old Testament, I, there's a few, a few opportunities here that I want to just point out, and we can read them. Exodus 26 says, Showing said love, to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. That's what he says. Psalm 33, 5, He loves righteousness and justice, and the earth is full of the steadfast love, or the said of the Lord. Numbers 14, 18, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, has said. Forgiving iniquity and transgression. See, has said compels him to forgive us because it's in his nature. And we know that nature doesn't change. In Jeremiah 33, 11, it says, Giving thanks to the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. For his said endures forever. For I will restore the fortunes of the land at first, says the Lord. So again, his nature compels him to restore, to forgive, to be loving kindness to us. We can see his heart for us. In Psalm 13, 5, it says, But I trust in your unfailing love, your said. This is David speaking. I trust in your said. My heart rejoices in your salvation, and I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. So do you know why God shows you his loving kindness? It's because he wants to make you lovingly kind. He reveals his nature to us so that we can grasp it. And that's why he shows us pictures or speaks to us in the ways that he does because he knows that's the best way for us to receive it. So he shows us this nature of loving kindness because he wants to plant a seed of it in our hearts so that he then can come inside and grow it, have it produce, and replicate itself because that's his goal. He wants to love us so that we can love others and so that he can love them too, so that all would come to know him. We see in Romans, Romans 2, 4, it's not up there, but the goodness of God, the hesed of God brings us into repentance. It calls us. The real spiritual fruit of loving kindness, though, can only be grown internally. And that's why he wants to model this loving kindness to us and plant the seed of it in our hearts so that he can grow it inside of us. It's not a result of outward behavior, this loving kindness. It's connected to nature. It's connected to who he is and who we are, and it's only produced inside of us, not contrived. 
We can, we can try as hard as we want, but there's nothing that we can do to make it happen. Our behavior comes out of who we are. And so that's his goal, is planting that loving kindness inside of us for it to grow into something beautiful and for behavior to come out of that. The world believes that kindness is found in actions taken, right? We see this a lot. Just, just you know, let them do what they do, and that's kind. Let them say whatever they want to say, and, and that's kind. Just don't, don't, don't fuss about it. You just, you know, lay down and, and take whatever, um, whatever anyone wants to say or do. But in Proverbs 14, 12, it says there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. So there's a way that seems right, that seems good, but ultimately it leads to death. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, For the Lord sees, not as man sees. And man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So we see here that there's something else that's not on the outside. There's something internal that the Lord is looking at. And it's not the action outward. It's the inward heart that the action is coming out of. So there's a difference between outward politeness, right, and internal nature of God's loving kindness, as has said. His loyalty, his faithfulness, his goodness, his mercy, his kindness. And it's great to be polite, right? I mean, we want to do that. But the presence of the Holy Spirit at the heart of the action that you take, that's what makes it supernatural loving kindness. It's his presence at the heart of it. And we can't fake that. So we need to value presence over words and action. Value presence over words and action. You know, if there's no life in it, it, it ends in death. We read that um, in Proverbs. You know, there's a, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. That's because there's no life in it. Because we know Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. So if he is not there, if his presence isn't in it, what good is it? Well, it's dead because there's no life in it. We all have an end to ourselves where we can't give anymore also. So like there's an end to the resources that we have when it comes to being kind and following all, I mean, we're in a, a series about the fruit of the Spirit. Guys, there's an end to us. There comes a point where it's like, I have no more love to give. But when I have his presence, his spirit inside of me, he's got endless resources. And so I can come to the end of myself and rely on him. And that's where things happen. And the world even also believes that kindness is weakness. You know, it's laying down and meekly accepting whatever happens to you and that it's based on someone else's behavior toward me. But kindness, I see kindness as resilience. There's a resilience to kindness because it's not based on other people. My, kindness, my loving kindness is not based on you. It's based on what's inside me. 
And that's the same thing with God. It's his loving kindness for you is not based on you. It's not based on your good and bad behavior. It's based on who he is because it's his nature. It's his has said. His word became flesh and walked among us. It's Jesus. So kindness being not based on other people is really firmly remaining in Christ and responding to your surroundings from his nature, his loving kindness. It's not being nice. It's responding out of the nature of who God is inside of you. And that can only happen when he's actually inside of you, when you have the presence of God. So atmosphere and setting are, are two important things we can um, place ourselves in really to, uh, they're tangible things that we can change, right? We can regularly put ourselves in the presence of God. We can bring ourselves before Jesus and spend time with him in prayer, in meditation, in reading scripture. Now, all of those things are designed to turn our heart toward him, to soften our heart so that he's able to plant inside of us the things that he wants to grow by the Holy Spirit. Uh, part of our Next Steps team, uh, we, we do a lot of things with, uh, we call it for our freedom ministry, and uh, we put on a number of events a year called Kairos, and it's, a, it's an opportune time to just really set aside and get, get with the Lord. And one of the things that we like to, to say, an analogy in there is this... Um, this cookie analogy. Um, you know, you think about a cookie dough sitting in the fridge or the freezer. Uh, I like to use the freezer dough because it's a little bit easier. You just crack it off, pop it in, right? You know? Um, but that cookie dough, you, you pull it out, you set it on the counter to slack out a little bit before you, you know, you set it on the tray before you pop it in the oven. You're waiting for it to preheat because you're good. A lot of people just throw it in early and then, you know, like pizza, anyone do that? I'm, I'm guilty. <laughs> but this cookie, this dough, cannot muster up enough energy and, and courage and, and heat and temperature to turn itself into a cookie, right? It will always be that dough until, right, it's placed in a setting in an atmosphere that's conducive to transform it into what it was made to be. Cookie dough is not made to just stay cookie dough. So us being this cookie dough in the presence of God, being this oven, and us bringing ourselves to Christ and placing ourselves before him in this setting, he can do his work his transformative work to turn us into who he wants us to be. You know, the more that we can be aware of and immersed in his presence, the more that we'll find the transformation that we're seeking to be a natural thing. When that cookie's in that oven, it doesn't have to, to still think and muster up and, oh, I just gotta be, just gotta be a cookie, Right? It's just there, and it happens because it's spending time in this atmosphere, this presence of the oven. So a lot of, a lot of times, um, you know, when we're looking for transformation to happen, 
and specifically even kindness. We, we can get to this point where we think, well, okay, when will I know that I've become kind? You know, when will I know that I've, okay, okay, I've made it. Um, and when we start to get there, that mode of thinking, I think we've missed the point a little bit because this whole idea of I have become kind really shifts the focus to ourself. Thinking of I've become kind kind of shifts our focus to self, but this transformative thinking that says I am a kind person because of what the Holy Spirit is producing constantly in me, that shifts our focus to the finished work of the cross and to others. So loving kindness and really all fruit of the Holy Spirit, we're in this series, all fruit is being produced in us continually by God who is the ultimate source of that fruit and the only one who brings it about. Psalm 103.4, it's not up here, but it says, Who redeems your life from destruction? And who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? That's God. He crowns us. He puts us in a heavenly position that's based on him and his choice and not our performance, right? Philippians 1.6, it says, I'm, and I am certain, this is Paul, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day Christ Jesus returns. God's doing something in us. He's put us in a position. And how many of you know that if the Lord's put you in a heavenly position, there ain't nobody that can change that? Right? 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 8. This is Paul again. He says, I planted the seed, and Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one that plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. So God's the one that brings the increase, right? And Paul recognized that there's something else there that gives the seed, the planted seed, life. Because he says, I planted it, Apollos watered it, but we're really nothing. I mean, it's God who waters that and grows that and makes it produce. So again, if we don't have the Spirit inside of us to grow and increase this, this fruit, and give us the, the, the real things that we need, the real loving kindness to produce that in us, it's fake. And we, we need the real thing because we're going to experience some counterfeit things, right? I mean, Scripture is very clear. It says in the end, many are going to be deceived and, and be led astray. I don't want the counterfeit thing. I want the real thing. And it's our responsibility then, seeing this, to plant, to water, right? But not just in a lost world, because Scripture says that in the end many will be led astray. That means we're already there. We've already been believing and we're now following something different. So it's our responsibility to point both the lost world and believers to Christ, because he's the only real thing. The gifts and fruit of the Spirit are not for us to just sit back, relax, and have a good life. Hey, I got me and mine. I'm over here. I'm having a great time. 
them over there, and I'm not worried about that because man, me and Jesus. Oh, because man, me and the Holy Spirit. Now, yeah, he's going to be producing things in your, in your heart and doing great things in you, but it's not just for you. He's growing fruit in you, and it's not, it's not a coincidence that it's called fruit because fruit is not designed to fall and benefit the tree that grew it. It's got seeds. It's designed to be planted. So as, we, as the Holy Spirit grows this fruit of loving kindness in us, this nature of God, we have the opportunity to extend our branches and, and drop that fruit and plant it in someone else's life for the Holy Spirit to then grow that and have that reproduce and replicate himself in someone else's life as well. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as the one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. He's telling us here to be involved in each other's lives to use the things that, that God's planted inside of us and designed us with and created us with for each other, for others, not just for us. The seed needs to be planted in our lives by the Holy Spirit first, right? But we can't work selfishly to produce it on our own by ourselves, void of his presence, because that just leads to death like we talked about, like we read. Relying on ourselves as the source of something that we never had the ability to give in the first place, it's a pretty poor way of getting a job done. I wasn't designed to be my own source. I wasn't designed to, to be able to muster up the, the God's has said. It's so huge, and, and the gravity of it is so large, there's no way that I can muster that up myself for myself, let alone to give it away. And you can't give what you don't have. John 15, 5, and this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And this is a, a pretty typical verse that we, the passage that we go to when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, you know. But it's, it carries so much weight. He's the vine. He's the source of growth, the source of life. And if we don't have that, we're, it, he says it. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the kindness we try to produce in ourselves can never accomplish what godly said does. We can try to muster it up. We can try to be kind, polite, nice, whatever the world's definition of kindness is. But ultimately, it will not accomplish what the Lord has for us to do with his said. Self-produced kindness is ultimately self-gratifying. Ah. You mean if I'm working really hard? Really, I'm working really hard. I'm doing, I'm doing good, the good stuff, right? Good things. I'm helping people. I'm, I'm serving in a church. 
I'm coming every second and fourth Sunday. I'm serving in the nursery. I'm, you know, I'm doing all the right things. But man, if it's self-produced kindness, it's self-gratifying. I don't want to gratify myself. (laughs) There's a scripture about that. The world is kind to get something or to prove something through virtue signaling, you know. Let's be kind so I can get something from you in return. But apart from him, we can do no good thing because has said is him. It's only found in him. It can't be reproduced outside of him. We can't produce the true kindness on our own because, again, we all have an end to our ability. We all have an end when we try and muster up the courage to do something or the ability. I mean, how many of you have, have tried to show someone love and it's like, God, oh, I just, I'm at the end of it. There's not, I got nothing left. We all come to an end and we have to rely on, on Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit, who's, who's our equipper and our leader and our guide into all truth that he has for us. It's about the presence of the vine producing in us. It's not about the action and the behavior. It's about the presence. So first, we must be grafted into Christ to reproduce his said. But then, it'll be produced in our lives for each other because we have him. Because we have him in us, and it's what he promised us. You know, I, it's not a coincidence that today, just now, we were singing, surely your love and your goodness will follow me all the days of my life. That's Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy has said will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Kindness will be produced in you because you have the Holy Spirit, as will all the other fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know, and so this principle of loving kindness being produced in us because we have the Holy Spirit, it gives birth to testimony in you and others as you plant those seeds of testimony in their lives. So it requires us to be connected to each other in order to share that testimony, right? I'll share a testimony with you. Um, This message very specifically has been something that the Lord's been preparing for me for two years. Two years ago, the Lord told me he was going to begin preparing me in very specific ways for some things. And some of you tonight struggled to get here, didn't want to come, but you're here. Or you're going through something, and it's hard. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not seeing the loving kindness of God. What are you talking about? And you're standing up there, and you just, I haven't seen it. Here's the loving kindness of God to you. He's been preparing this message in my heart for two years, and he's brought me along this path and put me here tonight in this time that we're talking about. We're in this series on the fruit of the Spirit, and he gives me kindness, and he gives me this message, and he gives me this said, which is so much bigger than kindness. 
It's his heart, it's his nature, it's his loyalty to you, his own. And he drops that into my heart to, to share with you, and then we're singing. That's what we've been singing all night is loving kindness. Surely it'll follow me all the days of my life, whether you've seen it or not. That's his promise to you. And there's a promise here tonight to plant that seed of loving kindness in you. That's what he wants to do. But if this is a new concept to you, that the things that you do, even the good, even the seemingly kind things, there's nothing wrong with that, but if even this, this, this concept of even these good and seemingly kind things are, are nothing without Christ, they mean nothing. When, or when we do things apart from Christ that it only ever leads to fruitless death. Or that God is lovingly kind to us because it's in his nature. And he longs for us to have that nature in us as well. If these, these things are new concepts to you, or again, like if you just, you've recognized those things and you've heard them, um, but you just haven't seen God's loving kindness, and you've spent this entire time going, yeah, okay, thanks, bud. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to me. I haven't seen it. I get it. It's hard to see what you don't see. But I'm here tonight to tell you that this message is for you. It was decided to be delivered to you tonight this whole way, this whole time, two years ago. Because the Lord knew you needed it. It's his loving kindness to you. So you can't, you can't tell me that there's no loving kindness of God in your life. You just don't see it. We talked early about Jesus being God's said. You know, and we don't see the word has said in the New Testament, but we see it embodied in Jesus, the word who's become flesh, who walked among us. They back then saw Jesus walk among them. And, and specifically in, um, in John 1.10, again, it's not up there, but it, it says that Jesus, he was in the world and the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, but he was rejected. Yet, to all who did receive him, and to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So the people who saw God's said walking among them, living among them, they received it. They noticed it. We were talking about this on Sunday, Pastor Jake was. They noticed it. And it did something. They noticed it and they believed it. And then they were be able to be children of God. David, who's a man after God's own heart, right? He's like, I mean, you, you, you think about men in the Bible and it's like, oh, David, it's one of the first ones you go to. He's a man after God's own heart. He's near and dear to God. And he says in, in Psalm 13, we, and we talked about this early, we said, um, 
Psalm uh, 13, 5, but I, this is David, but I trust in your unfailing love, your said. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he's been good to me. That's the nice part of that verse. You want to you hear what he says before that? Because it's not so nice. He says, how long, Lord, will you forget me? Mm. How long will you hide your face from me? What's going on, God? I'm not seeing this, right? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts day after day and have sorrow in my heart? Every day he's dealing with this. That sounds like depression. Every day. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look at me. Look at me, God. Turn your eye to me. Give light to my eyes or I'll sleep in death and my enemy will rejoice in my failure and laugh at me. But then, something happens. A shift takes place. And I truly believe that it was David, even in the filth that he had here, even in the filth of the things that he was dealing with, all the crap that he was going through, he recognized God's has said in his life. He saw it. He received it, believed it, and he got to be. He adopted that nature of God that has said, and it changed it. It turned it around. I mean, we see the very next verse, but I trust in your unfailing has said. My heart rejoices in your salvation, and I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. He saw it. He wasn't seeing it, and then boy did he, because it started to do something in him when he was looking for it and noticed it. David believed even though he was going through it. He was going through it. He was right in the middle of it, and he chose to believe. He received it, believed it, and it made a change. His morning turned to praise. But again, I, I trust in your hesed, and my heart rejoices in your salvation. and will sing the Lord's praises, for he has been good to me. God's promise to you tonight is that he will begin to bring an increase to that seed of his loving kindness in your heart that he's planted. And you can trust his hesed. David did. Even going through it all. Even when we're not going through it all. There's still an opportunity to receive, believe, and be changed. And to, to adopt that, that has said, that loving kindness nature of God. That loyalty, that, that goodness, that, that faithfulness. So then when we have his nature, we don't have to do. We can just be. And all of our behavior then comes not out of this mustering up in this personal willpower, but it comes out of the nature of God inside of us. But you can't know 
experience and reflect God's has said without knowing and experiencing God. It's his nature. So if you want to experience God's has said, there's space up here tonight. And we're going to go back into a song here in a minute. But there's a call from Christ into repentance, into thinking differently, into thinking his way, to realizing that there's a source to his loving kindness that isn't of ourselves. There's an endless source because we come to an end. But God doesn't. And the resources that are in him, the riches of his love are endless. His unfailing love, his has said, lasts forever. No matter what lie the devil has told you, you're not alone in this. No matter if you are, if you call yourself a believer, if you have been a believer for three years, three days, 30 years, there's no stones up here. If you say that you're not experiencing the loving kindness, the chesed of Jesus Christ, we're going to have a time of ministry up here as we go back into this song. But I want you to know that it's not just God's heart for you. It truly, truly is my heart for you. And I want a chance to pray with you. I want a chance to lay my hands on you and bless what the Holy Spirit's doing in you. I want a chance to, to be a part of the Lord removing the blindness from your eyes so that you can see his loving faithfulness that's been working in you your entire life. Because he's been there. Just like we read in John, Jesus was there. Some people didn't see it. That, that didn't mean he wasn't there. But those who received him and believed him, they got to be children of God and adopt his nature, experience his chesed. He's calling you into continual repentance right now and into seeing and thinking differently about some things, about everything. Think, seeing and thinking from his way. He wants his chesed in your life. He wants to show you it's been there all along. So, those of you online, if, if this has touched you and... and you're feeling the call, the pull on your heart. There's people that want to pray with you. Those of you here tonight, you're feeling the call. I know you are. Because you're in it right now. You're in the, you're in the I don't see it, God. Where are you? Just like David. Where are you, God? You don't see it, but he's there. So we're going to go back into this song, but we are up here, and we, I want to pray with you. And I believe 
this is the promise that he makes to you tonight, that your eyes will be opened and you will be able to see the loving kindness of your Father. We want to thank you for coming out and worshiping with us tonight. Um, we're going to go ahead and kind of wrap things up here. If you need any prayer for anything else, feel free to come forward. I also want to open up. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please come forward. Let us walk you through what the Bible says as asking him to be your Lord and Savior. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. We're going to continue up here with ministry if you need anything. But may the Lord bless you and keep you. May make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he give you his peace in Jesus' name. Amen.